bravery is there in the way they play. And what about Peter O'Mahony? I just oh, thought a sensational performance. Yeah. Jack O'Donoghue and Hodnett, the three of them in the back row. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Friday Night Racing on Off The Ball. Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie. Yeah, it's a Classics Weekend at Newmarket. We have one more day of uh, Punchestown left and you're very welcome along to Friday Night Racing brought to you in association with Horse Racing Ireland. Love every race, racing moment. Visit hri.ie or follow on Twitter at hri racing. Hashtag every racing moment. Uh, races take place every day of the week. Um, some are quite notable, some are less notable. This race itself, as you as you look at it now, it doesn't look uh, especially notable, but uh, just wait a minute or two afterwards and we'll explain why it was. A different world in the centre. Eat the book on, book the, on the outside, outside as they come to the, to the last. A different world from Eat the Book. Wide apart on the track. Back in third place is good world, but it's on the far side. A different world. Tackle there by Eat the Book, who's come right from the back of the field. And it's going to defy top weight. Great, great moment, moment for Jockey Simon, Simon Condon, Condon as well. Eat the, the book is the winner from a, from a different world. world. Good world back, back in third. third. And, then and then Classic Concord who's come home in fourth, fourth in the end. end. Yeah, on the far side there uh, was the JP McManus colours. Uh, Martin Brassel, Grand National winning trainer, training a different world, ridden by Mark Walsh, possibly the best national hunt jockey around. On the near side was Eat the Book, uh, trained by David Dunn, running in the colours uh, of his owner, and that is Simon Condon. Now, Simon, usually you will hear after uh, every race, every so often, oh yeah, the, that horse, my dad bought him for me to ride. It's not normal, though, that the jockey is riding the winner, uh, his first winner at 59 years of age tell us about this yes yeah, it, it was great Johnny yeah it was fantastic it was a great achievement I think and uh, I was delighted to do it yeah yeah, it's been great long time coming yeah it's been a long time coming it was a long time oh. coming but you didn't um, fair enough you didn't look like a, uh, a fellow who's riding winners every day of the week but you certainly didn't look like you were riding one at your at 59 years of age for your first time either yeah yeah well I've been I had been ridden like I've been riding out like since the last 40 years I've been riding out regularly riding doing a lot of school and doing over hurdles and fences riding a bit of work all the time uh, rode in a few pint of pints few bumpers few hurdle races uh, so yeah it was just and the horse was very good in fairness and he was the best horse in the race and yeah he jumped from hurdle to hurdle and it was it was easy enough like it was because he was a good horse like you know so yeah it was great like he was a good horse he was sent off 40 to 1 though yeah yeah but he was 40 to 1 he shouldn't have been that price probably yeah yeah uh, you know, he like he had he had a lot of issues, and there was a few bad runs that he had because of these issues that he had, and you know he had a, kind of a bit of a problem with his breeding and that and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was great in the end. Yeah. Before we get to your uh, career today, because uh, you're only starting off, really, in fairness, um, talk to us about the race. I mean, I think uh, from a personal perspective, I've definitely had dreams where I've ridden a winner or I've had dreams where I'm on the football pitch and I have that horrible feeling when you wake up and you realise this actually was just a dream and you you know go back to sleep or whatever it is. This was a reality for you, though. It was a reality for me and it, be- it was kind of an obsession for a long, long time. And then towards the, the, the last couple of years, I got I kind of said to myself, well, maybe this this probably isn't going to happen. So then when I chilled out a bit about it and I said, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Has it all been in vain? When I enjoyed the riding out and that. Uh, so when I chilled out, out about it, it, then it just happened and it was great. Like The race itself, um, I mean, it was a well-timed run. You, you obviously beat uh, Mark Walsh in the finish. You got a good jump at the last state on, well up the hill. How did it go from gate to wire? 
Yeah, I I had walked the course a few days previous, and I it was it was originally a three mile race, and I and uh, they had kind of they put it to two seven because I heard someone saying that there was there's generally a mad rush to the first fence, mm. and they want they didn't want them going that fast. So by having to start a bit nearer the fence, they might get might be going as fast into it. So I that was in me. You know, I, I knew they, I kind of figured maybe they might go a bit fast anyway, so I cantered down to the start anyway. And the ground on the inside was all churned up, it was watered, and now it was nice, it was good ground, uh, but it was kind of churned up and that. And I said, God, I'm going to stay in the outside, it was a much better ground. So I said, Right, I'll stay in the outside. And the lads I talked to went a little bit fast, so I said, Right, so I stayed where I was and, um, you know, tipped along, and I knew that he'd stay, and I got to a nice bit of ground. Uh, and, and he goes. It takes him a while to get warmed up. I mean, he, I, I knew kind of it's going to take him a lap at least to get warmed up anyway. Which because he hits a flat spot for a long period of time, but he keeps on going. So I didn't mind. There was no pressure on me from owners or trainers to win this race. And I thought the horse might have needed might have needed to run, which as it turned out he didn't. So I said to myself, God, if the horse needs to run, I'm not I'm, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to batter him to get home. Like and so you know. It won't be that hard on him, so I said, I give him a, you know, the kind of way, so, because I just thought maybe he might, um, you know, if needed a little bit, but he was, but David said no, David said to me, no, no, the horse is fully fit and that, which he was, I turned, I, my judgment was wrong in that, so he was totally fit, because he probably doesn't need a lot to get fit, if you know what I mean, uh, so I stayed on the outside anyway, and uh, ground was nice, and, you know, he loved the ground there, and he was kind of a, he was, you know, he's a horse that has lovely, good action, his uh, low centre of gravity and uh, you know I just tipped along there and uh, yeah he got into a rhythm then jumped from hurdle to hurdle and then I, and I, I, I knew where I was going to make my move kind of you know to fourth last and I think it was at the third last that two horses fell in front of me that kind of knocked me off a bit but he was quick enough to you know to go, go on the outside and then I kept on momentum going because at that stage I had to make my, new, my move and uh then he just start picking up, picking up all the time, and like I knew he wasn't going to stop at that stage. And even the third last, I knew like I, mean, I knew he wasn't going to stop, and I had a fair idea that he was going to win at that stage. To be honest with you, because yeah. I just know, and that was it, and it worked out perfect on the day. It was great. End up winning, you know? going away. So you had yeah, your, yeah, yeah. You had your first ride under rules, uh, give or take, in your mid forties, uh, the two thousand and six, two thousand and seven season. You had two rides that season. Two rides uh, in 2008-2009, one ride in 2009-2010, three rides 2010-2011. Uh, this reminds me a bit of the family where three kids came along at once and then there was one after a big gap and they're like, God, what happened there? Because you didn't have another ride until 2018-2019, one ride then, one ride in 2020-2021 and one ride so far in 2021-22, a winner. Yeah, yeah, it's been great, it's been great. Now, I had ridden in the 80s and tried ridden on the track in the 80s. So it's, it's actually too long ago for the Racing Post database. Yeah, yeah, no, the 80s, I'd, of, I'd, I'd ride in the 80s. I rode for uh, Liam Kavanagh, I rode for Michael Grassley back in the 80s, back in, you, you know, uh, yeah, so I had them. And I, but I'd kept my license, I never left my license lap, so I just kind of kept it up, um, you know, always kind of hoping, you know, so. So yeah, you, had you, you, did you ride in the 90s at all, or did you have a gap of like 15, 20 years? Oh, there was years? a gap, I kind of forget, uh, Johnny, now, I mm. kind of forget. I, I might have had a ride or two. Oh, I rode pint to pint, sure. I rode lots of pint to pint. I rode, um, yeah, I rode my own horse, Slemish Dancer. I, about, I rode him in 10 pint to pints, and I rode him, yeah, I rode for other people in the pint to pints in the 90s, um, a few small trainers. Yeah, in the pint to pints, kind of. I was I probably more rides in pint to pints, maybe. 
Well, we, saw, the track. Yeah, we, we saw um, Liam Burke uh, riding in bumpers as well. I think Liam's in his 60s. And um, is it almost normalising it that you can? I mean, I, I, I honestly think one of the things racing doesn't nearly sell well enough is... Um, people who just continue to ride horses well into their 80s and John Coyley and his brother Paddy riding out uh, these horses in their 80s for me is something we should do a documentary on but like could you be a trailblazer now for the more elderly jockey? Oh, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you would ask God yeah uh, yeah it's I don't know uh, I, I know just riding out if I'm riding out five horses for David every morning and like he's, he's training national owned horses and David gives them plenty, long, slow distance work. He might be cantering for maybe two and a half, three miles. And they take it out here. Like, so it really is, like, I don't know how the Kylie lads do it. Like, you know, mm. you know, so it is, it is a very good form of fitness. And, it, you know, especially if you're riding five or five in the morning or six sometimes, you know, it, it, it's, it's like a fella going to the gym, I suppose, there from eight o'clock in the morning till maybe one o'clock. I don't know, but it, it, it's, uh, yeah, it does keep you fit anyway in that. Uh, so, yeah, it's good. Like, that, well, we'll say you know, some people like retirement at sixty-five or sixty-six. Like Jessica Harrington didn't start becoming a flat trainer until she was more or less in her seventies. Racing is a slightly different game in this regard. Yeah, it does kind of produce a few surprises, I suppose. Uh, maybe, yeah, people don't know know so much about it because I think I think people like trainers and jockeys and that they work so hard at home that they are. I think a lot of them are very fit people and. Yeah, they just keep going, and they, I, I suppose they love the sport and they have a passion for it, and you know that's what keeps them going you know, as well. And it is, it is really good for your uh, for your core, isn't it, and general fitness? Because like you know, anyone who doesn't ride a horse and gets up on one, you know, he or she just basically feels so stiff the day after, and it must have you in great fiddle. I think Jamie Codd went on record saying as he couldn't get over how fit you looked in the weighing room after. Yeah, well, I, I suppose. Yeah, just riding every day keeps you fit anyway. But, like, as anyone will tell you, like, riding at home will not, you know, it will not give you, it will not keep you fit for race riding. So I do a little bit of other cardiovascular work with that. And then going to Warren O'Connor as well, he kind of helped me with my fitness as well, technique, all that kind of stuff. So I think when you get to my age, I think, like, when I was, like, 30 years ago when I was young, lad, I was fit as a fiddle. I wasn't getting that many rides. I rode my own a few and that kind of stuff, but I was really fit. So in order to keep that level of fitness up, I had to do other. I have to do other stuff with my riding out. We say, and you know that's what I do. But it was, but I mean, a few years ago when I mean there was no like going back, there was no jockey coaches, and I kind of you know fellas to be tended to go out and run for you know to run and do all that kind of stuff. But I kind of overdid it a few years ago and. But now I have to balance right and know exactly what to do and not what to do. And uh, so, but I do a lot of bit of fitness with it to keep myself, keep myself right. Yeah. So, are you a bit of a fitness freak? No, I'm not a fitness freak. No, but I don't like I don't like training. I don't like. I, but I do it solely so I can ride. Wow. You know that's you know. And I'm just that's look- the only reason. I mean, I don't like going out, going out cycling. I don't like doing any of that kind of stuff. But I do it because I because I have a horse in training and I'm looking forward to riding him. In a race, and that's why I did it. Yeah. Do you know? Do you have any idea what price he touched in running? Because I'm just watching the race back here. You must be thirty lengths off the pace, almost jumping off. I was, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, probably. But I don't know what price he was in running. I have no idea. I no idea, uh, Johnny. It's a hundred and one thousand eight hundred and seventy-eight views at the moment. How many of them are yours? Uh, I don't know. I would have you. I see. I'm not on Twitter. I don't know. I would have used. I would have. Uh, I watched. I suppose I watched it a couple of times, four or five times maybe. Uh, 
I don't know. When you woke up the next morning, what were you thinking? Were you like, "Is this? Did this actually happen?" Uh, I was delighted. No, I, I woke up. Did actually? I did cross him. I couldn't sleep that night. I was a bit. I was too excited. Woke up the next morning, and uh, yeah, I was delighted. And I, you know, I got a great kick out of it. And uh, what's good about it is that I went up and I rode out. I rode out for David that morning. We rode out a couple on the gallops as normal. I met the lads across from Dermot McLaughlin's. We all rode out together, and it was great to be in a bunch of horses with a bunch of lads and to say that. I'm kind of, okay, you know, Conor Maxwell was there, a few of the boys are there. I can say, well, I've ridden a winner, you know. Whereas before, like, I'm riding out with these lads and I can say, what have I done? God, I've done, I was placed on the horse maybe a couple of times, that was it. Uh, now I can say I've ridden a winner. And it's, it's a great feeling sitting on a horse knowing that you've ridden a winner. That's what I get the buzz about. Well, you know, it's, well. al- it's also the fact that you were, at 59 years of age, you were happy to go to Kilbeg and walk the track and say, like, they're going quick enough here and I'm going to take a slightly different track because it's better ground on the outside. Ah, yeah, there was no pressure on me, Johnny. There was no mm. pressure. It was my own horse. I didn't have to answer to anybody. And I was going to do what was right for my horse and what I thought. Now, if I was beaten, everyone would have stayed at me. But I just knew my lad would keep going. I didn't care how far by his back because I knew he was going to pick up, pick up, pick up all the time because the horse probably wants further. And I thought they were going a bit fast. They were shouting and roaring. They flew down to the first. So I said, feck them. So that's what I'd done. And I went on the better ground on the outside. I was, I, okay, I was, I was, I was giving away a bit of ground, fair enough. Uh, but I knew that, because I rode him in Punchestown and I had him up there and I had him in between horses in the bumper and uh, I got him revved up and it was torturous riding him. He just pulled the arms out of me. Mm. I was, you know, a horse pulling would take more out of you than a horse than, than pushing a horse sometimes, you know. So I didn't, I want to, I really wanted to switch that horse off and that's what I did. So it worked out. And, it worked out great. And, and your dad's got the horse for you, is that true? Dad bought the horse for me, yeah, he bought it for me, he said, bought it with the, uh, I'll buy this horse for you and you can ride him in a bumper, he said, so, uh, didn't mind me riding over jumps, so, but we didn't sign any contract about that, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is, uh, yeah, he's, he, he's gotten over it now anyway, you know. Was he racing? But, oh, he was there that day, yeah, he was there that day, yeah, I mean, got a what, great kick out. What, what was that like after meeting him, um, you know? <laughs> What did you say? Did you embrace? Uh, ah, we did, yeah. He shook my hand at me, yeah, and, and it was great. And Dad was delighted. Like, And I suppose he said to me it was a milestone in his life that his son would ride a winner because Dad rode out years ago for Vincent Kane, which would be mm. uh, Vincent Kane, which, you know, down trim there years ago. And uh, he always wanted to ride in a race. And he, I think actually he took out an amateur license and then he didn't ride or something. Something happened. But he always wanted to ride a winner. And he was, he was delighted for me. And, so it was ambition to, you know, for me to ride a winner, and it happened. Uh, now, we'd bought previous horses down through the years. It didn't work out, like they were no good or they would get injured or something like that. But this is the first time we've got it. Because, like, the horses, I mean, I did buy horses years ago, but they were kind of cheap horses, and a lot of them weren't very good. So this is the first really good horse that I had, you know, so mm. it's been great. What age is your dad? Dad is 80, I think, is he 85? He's 85, yeah. So he'll be taking out his licence next year, presumably, to ride a winner in Kilbegan. Well, he'll have an argument with me over who's going to ride a horse. That's the only thing. I can, I can see it now. I Like, you know, from my perspective, I think in racing, often the, the stories at this sort of a level and the summer tracks are almost far more interesting than the trainer having 12 winners in the week or whatever at a big festival. And I, I'm just dying to know now, are you going to run this horse soon and are you going to ride him the next day? Uh but I, it's, I'm not really sure. Uh, he will hopefully run soon. Up, he likes good ground, uh, as I said. But he, he he's, I have to be careful because he's kind of a heavy shoulder. He, he 
you know, he has a lovely action, you know, uh, but he's kind of heavy-shouldered, and he, he do, probably comes down hard on it a bit, so I have to be a little bit careful, you know, it has to be a nice, safe ground, and he will run during the summer, because he won't go into winter ground, uh, and you know yourself, Johnny, like every, like every racehorse, you know, every racehorse is a step away for, from injury, like, and by, I've had so many setbacks, so I don't like saying, oh God, I'm going to ride him, or, or, or I don't know, I don't know, you know, so, really. Well, he looked well handicapped. We'll see how that goes. He's 118 now, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Got, he got 10 pounds, but like he got the, 10 way, pounds, yeah. the way he went yeah. away from, you know, different worlds would be a solid enough yardstick, and you think, considering how far off the pace he was, what are you, 12 lengths clear, 17 and a half lengths clear a third. I mean, yeah, you've yeah, got to be yeah. dying to tell... Uh, Gotta be dying to tell the trainer, Mister Dunn, to get him out again. And I want to ride him, and uh, I'll win on him again. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice thought. All right, it certainly is. Yeah, yeah, it's happened to be. It's nice to be tossed to riding a good horse like that. Yeah, and your dad can lead him in. That'd be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, that'd be another story. Yeah, yeah. What was the reaction in the weighing room after? Ah, the lads were lovely. The lads were great about it. everyone congratulating me over there. Ah, was great, you know. And uh, I think Jamie Codd put to. Put something up on Twitter. Simon gave me a peach for a ride, and that was great to hear that come from Jamie because Jamie Jizz is a great fella. Like, and I rode against him at point to points in the the nineties, and you know, Jizz, like, I always admired him. He was some rider, you know. He is some rider, you know. So that was great coming from him. Yeah. How many times have you ridden over either hurdles or fences against professional riders? Uh, I've only ridden or against professionals. I've only had uh, two rides over hurdles. That's all. And this one, it took three times against pro. I rode in pro-ams, maybe. Pro- pro-ams, I think. Mm. Bumpers. I rode in a few of those. Uh, yeah, just just, uh, just two rides over hurdles against professionals, yeah. Yeah, strike rate's all right, then. Yeah, well, listen, that's a nice thought, anyway, yeah. And tell us about your your life otherwise. You're a healthcare assistant for the HSE, is it? Yeah, yeah, work, I've been working there since for a long time. Uh, yeah, working there, it's kind of a job which gives me a lot of time off and I can ride out. Uh, I've done a few other things before that. I worked as a butcher. and uh, But I always rode out horses before I went into work, you know, even in the butcher shop. I trained as a butcher. And before I went into work, I'd ride out and that kind of stuff. Uh, then I went to the HSC uh, and I rode. Uh, yeah, I, it, gave, it gave me plenty of time off to ride out. And then I went and I drove a taxi for a while in Dublin, kind of. And I thought that would work out because I had this idea that I could maybe work at night and then ride out every morning. So I used to finish early enough at night and then ride out the next morning for John Fowler but I wasn't but then because I had to ride out the next day I wasn't really staying for the work so I had to I gave that up anyway I'm back to the job in the hospital and uh, yes I gave me more time after ride out and yeah it worked out well you know? So were you back in work after Kilbegan then? I was back I was back riding out uh, on the Friday and then I was doing a two twelve hour shifts on the Saturday to Sunday, yeah, so back to normal, yeah. So did did you guess like was there a cake in the hospital for you or what was the uh, crack? Yeah, uh, no, there wasn't a cake, lots of congratulations and that. Uh, yeah, no, it was good, like yeah. It was good, yeah. Would you so. say you're not one of these people who lives for work? You probably do you, I get the suspicion you almost live for that buzz of riding horses and riding out in the morning. Yeah, yeah, it's a great feeling riding a horse, to be honest with you, it's great. It's great feeling in school as well, and you're going out to hurdle or fence, and you know, especially on my horse now, he kind of when he sees a stride at home, he's going into it, and if he sees this, this, the stride and I see it, and he gives a squeal sometimes, and he's just mad for it, and he just goes in one, two, three, bang, he's gone. That's a great feeling. I like this. I love the school and jumping. Yeah. Something I say week to week, like on the show, I'm repeating myself over and over and over again. But people who haven't ridden a horse should probably do it because half of them will fall in love with it. 
Yeah, it is. You get a great buzz out of it. Yeah, you really do. It's, you know, it's that feeling, as I said, you get from them, especially schooling, you know. It's great. Before before we wrap up, um, what are the plans for the rest of you? Any other horses uh, on the go, or is is this your kind of your sole love? And um, I guess we, I don't know. I can't wait to see you riding again. Anyway. Yeah, no, I've only one horse. I only ever had one horse. Like I always just had one horse. I couldn't afford to keep many of them, so it was always just one I had. Uh, this is my sole horse, myself and dad. And uh, long may it last. And hopefully, you know, he'll do better. I can, you know, so. And we're lucky to get him on the race course because he's had an awful lot of problems down through the years. He's lightly raced, and hopefully that's touch wood. That's you know that's all gone now, and you know forwards and upwards. You know, so well, it's been great. Congratulations! I remember watching the documentary in Don Run. I think they they barred Charmaine Hill from riding because she was getting too old. But there's no fear of that with you. Uh, well, no, I to be honest, I feel quite fit. Like, and I, as I said, I work on my fitness, and you know, and. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel fit anyway. I probably actually, do you know something? I remember years ago when I was riding, we only rode our two or three lots. There was plenty of staff. Now there's no staff, and I'm riding at five or six lots. So is it possible I'm fitter now than I was 30 years ago, and I'm doing a bit more work on my cardiovascular fitness and core work? You know, maybe I could be a little bit more fitter, you know, I don't know. Do you know, do you know Larkin Wire? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't. I know. I rode out with him years ago. Yeah, just, just, yeah. So I, I got into cycling, give or take two years ago. Um, Larkin wouldn't be much younger than you. In fact, he'd be similar age to you, maybe slightly yeah. younger. And what he's doing on the bike, um, for somebody like me who's twenty years or so, his his junior is absolutely inspirational. I hope what you're doing will inspire a lot of other jockeys that it's possible, regardless of what age you are. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully as well, yeah. And the thing about jockeys is like. I mean, why a lot of lads are tired? They all love the game. It's obviously injuries when you're riding mm. over jumps every day of the week. You're going to get faults. You're going to get rid injuries. Uh, and by that stage, they have a bet. When the time they're 40, they've had a belly full probably. I'm, like, as I said, I haven't had that many rides. I've been lucky enough with injuries, no serious injuries. So, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. And that's why probably why I keep going as well. Like, if I had started riding winners when I was 20 years of age, I was supposed to go up to Stan Miller. I, I applied for a job, but that didn't work out. Uh, and if I was successful younger, I probably wouldn't be riding now. Do you know the kind of way? So maybe it's it's, it's worked out that way. Well, about these things, good things come to those who wait and all that. Well, so they say. Yeah, it's come to me anyway. At 59. Simon, you're an absolute inspiration and congratulations. And as I say, um, I, I can't wait to see you and the horse in action again at one of these summer tracks. Well, hopefully, Johnny, hopefully it'll... Hopefully it'll happen again, hopefully. Yeah, that was Simon Condon. And you can check out the video uh, on YouTube. You just look up Simon Condon riding his winner at Kilbegan, 59 years of age, over 100,000 hits already uh, on YouTube. Um, the sort of heartwarming story I think that uh, we all need uh, from some time to time. Friday Night Racing brought to you by Horse Racing. Ireland, love every race and moment. Visit hry.e or follow on Twitter at hryracing, hashtag every race and moment. Friday Night Racing on Off The Ball brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland love every racing moment visit hri.ie yeah and that was uh, the amazing story of uh, Simon Condon we're just saying there um, before you come in you're obviously new enough to 
um, the racing slot and looking looking into racing maybe when you wouldn't necessarily have before this now and it's the characters like this that's I don't hopefully sell the sport like forget about drive to survive I think like if <laughs> racing could do a drive to survive and follow the people that you don't necessarily see riding winners as Royal Ascot or whatever I just think there's so many storylines You've mentioned that a few times actually an idea of uh, a race and drive to survive I think it would be uh I think it's exactly what we should be doing. Mm. Uh, you know, there's so many characters, there's so many people who don't grab the headlines. And I mean, Simon is the best example yet that we've had of that. You know what I mean? That is a really interesting sporting story, even if he didn't have that winner last totally. week. And we would have never heard of it, you know? So yeah, look, I mean, we were just talking. That's exactly the point. We would never have heard of that yeah. except for a 40 to 1 winner. So that exactly. was, it was that unlikely. Um, but I was just saying to you there during the ad break is like, uh, since I've been kind of, uh, back of the show and, and, and producing every Friday, I've been really enjoying these stories. Um, we've been getting great guests on and we've just had long chats with them that, that aren't even, they're interviews, but they're just kind of like, they're chats and these people are always so humble. But they always have such interesting, it's such an interesting sporting life being involved mm. in horse racing. And the beauty of horses and the power of horses on the media. And take all that aside, he comes into Kilbegan, he gets off the horse and he shakes his dad's hand, thanks dad, who's in his 80s, for buying yeah. me the horse that you've given me my first winner on at 59 years of age. And then he comes on the radio and kind of sounds like it was just another winner. He's just like, ah, yeah, but sure, I'm right now. You know, I don't know. It's just class. It just has to mean so much to him deep inside. But yeah, as you said, like we were talking uh, with Dan on the show a couple of uh, weeks ago about um, Sam Whaley Cohen and, you know, and like there was an element of how great an amateur career, but also, you know, his dad was buying him the great, the best horses to put him on. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it definitely helped with, like, he has obviously two of the biggest races on the, um, on, on, on the calendar to his name, which is Amazing. brilliant. You know, it's an incredible story in itself. But also, you know, there's so many people up and down the country that it's like, you know, little tiny yards or, you know, somebody buying mm-hmm. up. Like, this is, we're talking about an 80 year old dad buying. A horse for his fifty-nine-year-old son. Well, I, no, I'm not going to play a... for, um, you know, Galway United, or I'm not going to play for uh, Irish, Ar- the Ireland international team, like any of us wanted to. But I could buy a horse. I could train myself to ride it, and I could ride a winner at fifty-nine. Yeah. That's that's the yeah. story. You can ride against the best and win. Yeah, you have bought horse a horse, of course, over the years. We've heard about that. In the past, but I don't know if you ever went to train and uh, ride um, it. <laughs> I, well, I, I've like one of my tenants is Adam Potts, and he rides out at Ken Condon's, and you know, another of the tenants then is Young Hugh, who rides out at John McConnell's, and there's so many stories every day of like just the crack that they have with other riders, the bit of salacious gossip, the horses that are going well, and it's just if you're involved day to day, it is kind of hard to see how you'd ever get away from it. Do you know? Yeah. Going back to the drive to survive thing as well, it is it's such a community, isn't it? Like mm, so, it's like Cura, the same people in the Correv, yeah. the same people in Kilbeg, and the same, you know. And again, it's it's almost at that, you know, not the glitzy TV level. It's the sort of one below that, where it's the same people day in day out mm. in this community. I'd imagine there's some stories there, you know, and some rivalries and some friendships and all that would just be captured brilliantly on a totally on a show like that. I just love your idea. What's going on? We well, punch down this week. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So you, you tell me. Has it been? A, has it been a, a vintage punches town? It's like obviously it's the end of the jump season. It's the the marquee uh, festival for mm. Irish jumps racing. 
Well, like some some great performances. I think I think Alaho um, was the highlight in winning the Portstone Gold Cup in that he normally runs in the Ryanair, which is the intermediate trip between the Gold Cup and the Champion Chase. I thought he was way too short in the bet and taking on horses that had run well in the Gold Cup, and he absolutely pulverised them uh, for Willie Mullins. And now. I guess, uh, you know, Willie hasn't uh, had a great record in the Gold Cup. I think he might have a Gold Cup horse now in Alaho, and he was probably the highlight of the week. I suppose from a human perspective, um, Robbie Power, uh, who's going to go out uh, on, on a high and punch down, it's exactly what Ruby Walsh did. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, after winning the race that Alaho won when he won it, um, Robbie Power has decided that now is a good time, and I think... Um, you know he's had his he's had his uh, share of injuries as well, including in recent years. He looked like um, the Terminator <laughs> it, when he won the Gold Cup in size and John because he had yeah. such a bad injury in his eye socket. And it's like um, I did I did a, a small crash in the bike in November and I was concussed for two minutes and it was it was like I've, I must have dined out in that story for so like these jockeys do this all the time yeah. every day and they think nothing of it and it's like you see the injuries they go through and if you can get out on a high like he is and Davy Russell is 43 this year whenever he retires hopefully the same get out in a high like yeah. that's that's just such a such a God we're losing a lot of characters though aren't we when mm, you think of like the end of the golden generation back to McCoy probably started it and we've lost so many up you know with Ruby obviously the highlight in the middle mm. of it but a lot of really good jockeys and now it's like Robbie Power, Davy Russell coming to the end of it. That is, as is a golden generator, Barry Garrity obviously. Barry Garrity, Paul well. Carberry, yeah. um, Tony McCoy and um, it's kind of a you know, you you look at like even even the the League of Ireland uh, managers now. They'll say, "Oh, he's a really good character. I can't bring anyone into the dress room unless he's a good character." And it's almost like they want these clones of great professionals. Mm. Whereas, with all due respect to the likes of Paul Carberry and and these other characters, they 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 lived life as well, you know. And Paul Carberry get injured out hunting. He'd be he'd jump on a stag and famously got injured by getting a book of uh, a stag's, um, you know. Uh, antlers in the chest and had to explain why he was missing a big race and you know it is an end of an era in that sense as well and that you're not really necessarily going to get that anymore like and these were gifted riders like Carberry um, Ruby McCoy Garrity like among the best ever if if not one of them Carberry could have been the most talented jockey of all time in jumps racing maybe Ruby was the best and they are gone and it is a bit sad like you miss them yeah um but, like, you know, there is a new generation there. Like, I mean, Rachel Blackmore's probably making more headlines than anybody and, like, Paul Townend on mm. uh, Alaho yeah, there. Yeah. You know, there's a lot... There is there is some good guys there still. And they, what do you think about Alaho in the Gold Cup, though? Because if he's two and a half, he's won two Ryanairs, double Cheltenham winner, and then he does Punchtown Gold Cup a three. Yeah. Is three I, and a half too, too much for I, you? I, I don't think it is. And um, the thing for me with Alaho was partly the trip, partly to me, he kind of goes out to his left at fences at times. And he did that at Punchdown to a small extent, but he's better at Cheltenham. He's definitely better at Cheltenham. Time in, year in, year out. Like, Aplutard was a two-mile horse who bolted up in the Gold Cup this year because he was amenable to restraint. And it was kind of the same with Koto Star in the day. You, you do have to have a bit of class and for me, I'd forget about the Ryanair. I'd totally go for the Gold Cup next year. Um, obviously, the same connections as Aplutar. Bring the two of them there, and we'll have a great race. And uh, it was a brilliant performance. I mean, I, I would wonder about some of the horses in behind, but it's Clandazobu, uh, Ab- Abum Photo, and Kenboy were the horses th- second, third, and fourth. So you can't really crab the form. He won by 14 lengths, and I'm fairly certain he's better going left-handed. Yeah, now I've seen that a few places. I wouldn't know, but uh, it's mad that it doesn't stop either, isn't it? Because that, that's the end of jumps now. 
it's and straight into the we're straight into classics this weekend. Yeah, and like it's it's um I, I do like this time of year, I have to say. Um Punchdown is it's a really good card again on um the Saturday, but like you're into Newmarket and just Aidan O'Brien having um, you know, a, a well fancied horse in the classics or something like that. He has to beat Native Trail, obviously, in the Guineas on um on Saturday, but Ryan Moore riding Luxembourg would be my idea of the Derby winner. That could be his trial and straight in then to the, the 2000 guineas at Newmarket. And, uh, the show just goes on and the beauty of the summer circuit is you've stories like Simon that it's like, it's not, you know, I, I always think racing, even at a low level, there's, there's always intriguing stuff going on and, um, you get the summer circuit, you get a lot of, um, kind of, you're counting down to Galway now, um, and Irish racing's in a, in a, in a really good nick and I think it's going to be a fascinating flat campaign. Frankie Dottori riding Point Lonsdale for Aidan O'Brien tomorrow. It's um, a lot of kind of stories there. Is Native Trail the next big thing um, for Charlie Appleby and Godolphin? So, yeah, the, the circle continues. Frankie's still going. Frankie's still going. Like, Frankie must be... You can go into your mid-50s in a rather normal... It's normal the enough last, at the flat, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like he must be... Pat Eddery must have been that age. And, yeah. you know, you think back, a lot of these guys... Frankie's 52 this year. And um, even still, like, you know, it's 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 impressive. To ride a winner over jumps at 59, having never ridden a winner, like, that is... That's what I, I was actually trying to get across, oh, just man, going back like, to Simon's thing, is that we do... There might be something inbuilt in you, if you're not, like, a mad racing fan, that, oh, I've heard the jockeys in their 50s mm. winning. But over jumps is a completely different ball game. Robbie Power's only, I think, forty, isn't he? Yeah, yeah early forties, yeah. and like, I, I'm like to see John Kiley and 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 Paddy Kiley riding out horses. They're well into their eighties. Like Kevin Prendergast is training, and he's the guts. He's hitting ninety soon. Like, and um, I remember Gavin Cromwell telling me the story of his neighbour, who I think it was Gavin's wife, came over to ride a horse, and he said, "I'll give you the little quiet one. I'll take the other one." He, this man was like eighty six or something. <laughs> it's just normal to them. Like if you ride yeah. a horse every day, age isn't going to say now is time to stop because the likes of us who live half our day on laptops, we we we've, we're differently tuned. These people live around animals, and they know what they're they know what their body's capable of and they also know that you know life's about living you yeah. know and I just think it's I, I just think it's class how did the tote finish up then so the victor has been crowned in the jumps 10 to follow <laughs> so we are taking a breather for the launch of the new uh, 10 to follow for the flat season details will be announced totally soon I thought it was going to follow this great spiel about how I won uh, yeah, but we no, did that last week in there yeah Joe didn't make it into the top 24,000 anyway. That was his aim all along. He was talking about it all week, but unfortunately, he just, just missed out. 24,000. I think he was 24,000 and 33rd. Oh, wow. And is that how you say that? <laughs> and 33rd, yeah. As Simon will show you, there is always next year, or, or 20 years time, really. In the meantime, this Sunday, the total sponsor five races on the first card of the season at Sligo. Beautifully picturesque track. Uh, big weekend for the county as well, taking on Roscommon in the Connacht Championship. Um, uh, so the first race is the Toad Always SP or better maiden off at 215. So this means if you're at the track, essentially, you can uh, bet with the Toad and you'll be paid your price or the SP. So it's a big boost. And this will mark the first time that the Toad Always SP or better guarantee is available at Sligo Races with that beautiful backdrop of uh, Mount Bim Bulbin in the background. What are you up to the weekend? Me, I'm heading down to your neck of the woods. Heading down uh, to you have a bit of a debate. Days. You have to tell the missus. You have to tell the missus. I want to go to see Galway Uncle Kenny. Uh, maybe she wants to go and see Galway Uncle mm. Kenny. We'll see. We'll see. We've uh, we've young kids, so it's not not the easiest thing to get out for 
two and a half, three hours, but it is near Salt Hill. So Salt Hill will be rocking on Sunday. It should be good. Either way, I'll be and there. Saturday so, night. Um, for, I'm sure people will visit Kenny. Kenny's a great city to go out in, so is Galway. Yeah, yeah. Um, As you said earlier, Galway, the second best city in the, or the best city, best in, the city world, in the world. New York, the and New York second. Best, yeah. And the very best to look at Katie Taylor as well. 3 a.m. in the morning, give her to 3 a.m. Sunday. And uh, yeah, finally, how do you call it actually? Does Katie do it? I hope so. Mm. It's very close. Very, very close. close. Yeah. Bookies have it right. I hope so. That was Friday Night Racing and Off the Ball brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie and have a good weekend. Friday Night Racing on Off the Ball. Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie.